everybody. Welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. We've got another spookening offering for you here. Uh, we are doing six this month, uh, just like we've done the last couple years. So we started off with Little Otik, uh, very interesting uh, Czechoslovakian movie. Then we did The Visitor, a bizarre sci-fi movie from the 70s. Tale of Tales, a really interesting um, like fairy tale film. A uh, recent one from, I think, 2015. Uh, we did the terrible movie Ghost Fever. Uh, really terrible 1980s horror comedy Ghost Fever. And uh, kind of in a similar vein, we're now switching gears and doing Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Another horror comedy, but a much better one. A much more fun and enjoyable one. Um, and some of you sticklers out there might say, like, well, wait a minute, doesn't your podcast just do, like, like weird and rare movies unless it's certain times a year. You know, if you're like David and you confront me with that uh, a couple weeks ago. Well, I will have you know that in uh, the information for our show, it says you're home for the obscure, bizarre, unloved, overlooked, and underappreciated in film. And Killer Clowns from Outer Space is nothing if not bizarre. So uh, we are definitely looking at it for that. And it's definitely become a uh, cult film over the years and I'm not sure, I, we'll have to talk about this, like, I can't tell if it actually was successful or not. Um, so maybe somebody has some information on that. As far as the movie goes, this movie came out in 1988. It is by the Kyoto Brothers. That is how you pronounce that. I looked it up. I was not sure before. Um, but the Kyoto Brothers are a group of filmmakers who are primarily known for their special effects work. Um, this is, I think, one of the only movies, maybe the only movie, where they actually directed a full feature um, that wasn't like a short film or anything like that. Um, but they have worked on a lot of medium to high profile stuff. So they did effects for the Critter series, effects for Ernest Scared Stupid, Team America. They did the large Marge sequence in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That alone gets them uh, some real uh, great geek cred right there. Uh, they did the North Pole stop motion in Elf. So uh, also one of, the, one of the best parts of that movie. Um, they did various Simpsons claymation uh, sequences when the Simpsons would do some kind of claymation joke. Hmm. Um, and then most recently they have an alien Christmas. Uh, it's called Alien Xmas. It's a Christmas stop-motion special on Netflix, and that came out uh, in 2020, and Jon Favreau produced it, probably because he worked with them on Elf. And then they also did the work on Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, the movie, which was a beautiful movie, way better than you would expect it to be. I mean, the shorts were great, but it like goes well beyond the shorts. Um, we will be doing it on the show at some point. Um, but the Kyoto Brothers uh, did the Marcel the Show animations. Um, and then for this film, there's not like a whole lot of like people that you would recognize in it. Um, basically just some character actors. The, the main lady in it, Suzanne Snyder, um, she was in a couple episodes of Seinfeld, I guess. She was like in, she was the Nazi blonde lady in that one episode where there's the mix up with George. And then I guess she was one of Jerry's girlfriends, like a completely different character. Uh, John Vernon shows up as uh, what, what is he a Sergeant? Uh, what, what character is he? I, I don't know. He's some sort of cop, but I can't really understand what the hierarchy is there in the police precinct. 
Um, but anyway, he, he plays some kind of cop. Um, he's an older guy. Uh, and you would recognize him from Dirty Harry and primarily probably Animal House. He is uh, Dean Vernon um, in, uh, in Animal House. And then uh, Royal Dano was an old character actor. I think was in a lot of like cowboy movies. He's also in Ghoulies. Um, he shows up in this. Uh, and Christopher Titus uh, has his first screen role <laughs> as I think one of the guys that gets uh, put in the jail or one of the guys that gets killed. No, it's a uh, no. glasses guy at the glasses very beginning. Glasses guy, okay. He's walking across the street I... with a beer and then we see him snogging in a Jeep. Oh, and, snogging. Uh, it's his Jeep covered in webbing. I see. All right. Later on. I wasn't sure. I, I said saw that he was in it, but I wasn't sure exactly where. Uh, all right, so we can dig into some of the production and aspects of the movie. Um, if you haven't seen it or heard of it, uh, it's called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And, well, they're killer clowns, and they're from outer space, you see. That's essentially the plot. That's all you really need to know. It tells you right in the title. And then it kind of carries on from there about where you expect. Uh, it sort of plays off 1950s uh, sci-fi invasion movies, alien invasion movies, so if you've watched any of those or like remakes of those, but the closest comparison would probably be the 50s version of The Blob, um, also the 80s version of The Blob, which came out the same year as this. Um, there's like other movies like Invaders from Mars and the 1950s version of War of the Worlds. A lot of things where it's aliens show up in a small town, people slowly discover what's going on, they've got to fight them, all that kind of shit. So it follows those same beats, sort of in the same way like Rocky Horror followed the well-established beats of like going into a creepy haunted mansion kind of thing. So uh, if you've seen anything like that, you know the plot progression of where things will go. The fun of it is just what they do with it, kind of taking this crazy premise and uh, and rolling with it and taking it as far as they can go. All right, so for this episode, we are bringing back some folks, a couple people who haven't been on a while, and one regular who is a last-minute substitution, but uh, he was very happy to be, uh, to be part of this. Uh, so first off, we have uh, Devin rejoining us here. Uh, Devin uh, has been on a number of our episodes with his brother Doug and some other episodes as well. But uh, welcome back, Devin, for Killer Clowns. Thanks. Glad to be here. All right. Been on several of these, uh, I'm guessing. Haven't listened to many of them. All of the worst ones. <laughs> Glad to know you don't listen to the show. Um, we also have... I don't like to indulge in my own work. It's uh, part of my yeah. process. Uh, we also have uh, his wife rejoining us here. She's been on various episodes, both with him and others. She's a big uh, bad movie fan and uh, cult and midnight movie fan. So uh, we've got Emily coming back for Killer Clowns. Thanks. And I'd like to say, again, thank you, Lynn, for assigning a movie to me that I own again. <laughs> that really worked out for me. The last one was <laughs> The Stuff, I think? Uh, and Vampire's Kiss. So all oh. three of those movies, I am. <laughs> I will say also, for Emily, we're running into toward the end of the movies she owns. So... <laughs> There's yeah. not too many more. So if you're going to do like a Mommy Dearest episode, I have that. Uh-huh. Troll 2. Or uh, Kingdom, what is it, Kingdom of the Kingdom Spiders. Kingdom of the Spiders, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Troll 2, you own Troll 2, right? Oh, that's true. I yeah. do have that too. All right. 
And uh, we also have, uh, coming back here, uh, decked out in nearly insane clown posse makeup, uh, David. Woohoo! Thanks for having me! It's gonna be a rollicking good time! And this is the last time David will be on the show. <laughs> okay, so. You've said uh, that before. <laughs> But who's always here when you need a last-minute replacement? <laughs> You'll come crawling back. The funny thing is, David was already decked out in clown makeup before he was told about the episode. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, so uh, David is a big fan of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, I know that for a fact. But let's uh, open things up. Uh, everybody's seen the movie before, um, and uh, so this is all going to be reviewing for all of us. So what do we make of Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Can I just say that I am shocked that it's Kyotos and not Chiotos and because there was a band that was named after them called Chiotos. Okay. Oh wow. It's I looked a it up. Band. Well, I always thought and, th- and this is this is me being like stupid, but I always thought like I think I always just transposed the letters and I thought it was like Choido because it's like it's I O D instead of like O I D. But I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be saying it on the show, so I better find out. And so I found an interview where somebody was interviewing him. So assuming that that guy got the name right before <laughs> introducing him, that's what I'm basing it on. Sure. So yeah, an emo band is named after these guys. So that's yes. a fun fact. All right. And and this film, how do you feel about this film? Um, overall, I, feel, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun, fun little romp. She feels good enough to own it. Yes. How long have you had this movie? I don't know. Since high school. I bought it in high school. Which begs the question, when we were in high school, where would you have found a DVD of Killer Clowns from Outer Space? That's an excellent question. And I don't have the answer to that because I cannot remember. Cause I... I think we're going to have to assume she stole it from a family <laughs> Perhaps. Where all the best movies are found. Devin? I thought that this movie, and I thought this the first time, and because it was assigned to me to analyze it this time around, uh, I was able to appreciate more elements of it than I was the first go. First go, I was surprised by the production quality, and that was about it. I was like, oh yeah, it's goofy fun. But there's good and bad as there is with most movies uh, and B movies from the eighties kind of most uh, famously the good, I think outweighs the bad heavily on this one. David, where are you at? I love this movie. It was when I first got a flat screen TV and a Blu-ray player. This was the first movie I bought on Blu-ray. Wow. And that's because of your love of clowns, or I, I, no comment. <laughs> Sexual therapist then. assigned immersion therapy for his <laughs> dread of clowns. Uh, I just love this movie so much. All right, sounds good. Um, so yeah, for myself, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, I would say in rewatching, which I hadn't seen in ages, like, I don't know how much I actually, like, laugh during it. 
there's a couple parts that I think are like funny. Um, no, no, no. Well, David's, you know, giving me this slack jawed stare, but, uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know that there's like, cause it's not, it's not laughably bad. It's not like you're laughing at it and thinking like, this is really terrible, but I don't know how many like truly solid jokes on that level there are of like, Oh, they're shooting for this and it's succeeding. I think it's just like, it's super fun and the like sets and props costumes and just kind of the, the goofy world they're creating. Um, that's what's the draw. But I will say, so when I was a kid, the clown scared the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> this movie came out in 88 and it was on HBO. It was PG 13. So they would show stuff PG 13 during the day. Oh, Cause I, I, it was like, you know, our movies were like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. And so sometimes there were some PG-13 movies that were like, is that really a PG-13? Like, you know, like like today. I mean, this one I would say yes, but it definitely toes that line. Troll 2 is another one where it's like, mm-hmm. it's mostly PG-13, but it has some stuff that's like, that's bizarre for this. Um, so sometimes you would see these pushing the boundary. I mean, they didn't know what the fuck they're doing because PG-13 was new anyway. Uh, but pushing the boundaries of stuff and this was one that was just on you know at two o'clock in the afternoon and it freaked me out because of the clown makeup the count clown costumes are like really grotesque they're it's great and as a horror fan i love it but as a kid i'm like this stuff's really fucked up and bizarre and then also you get these cotton candy cocoons with at least one sequence where they like pull the cocoon away from a person's face and it looks like the person's covered in blood. And I'm just like, as a kid, I'm like, that seems real bad, whatever that is. <laughs> um, and But here's the thing about it, though. This is why I bring it up. But I would still watch it when it would come on because it's so visually interesting and there's a lot of elements that draw you in so even though stuff would freak me out it still would like catch my attention and so in thinking about it i'm thinking this movie was likely quite instrumental in getting me into horror oh nice yeah that's a heartwarming tale i know (laughs) i'd mentioned that i'd watched this movie once before and this is the second time that i watched it you talked about the cotton candy cocoon thing. Uh, I'm sure it'll come up several more times. I thought, going into the second viewing here, that they like rescued people from the cocoons. They didn't rescue anyone. <laughs> Those fuckers are dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you 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 end up in Cocoon Town. You're that's that's it. You're you're just a bag of blood. When when you're in a balloon. And here's the thing. I don't know the science behind what they're doing with the balloons versus the cocoons. <laughs> you got a shot when you're in a balloon. I don't know what they're doing with you after you're in the balloon. Presumably something they need you alive for. So I don't know what my preference yeah. would have been. Incidentally, Balloon Cocoon was one of the Kyoto's uh, best uh, EPs, that band. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But... There's a moment where Deb says she couldn't breathe in the balloon. Yeah. But she's been in that balloon for a solid half an hour at least. Not oh, in yeah. movie those, time, in real time. Those or, clowns yeah. were not moving fast. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> oh. I noted about the, the movement of the clowns. It was something that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. And there was at least a couple of scenes, really just shots, 
where they they showed one or more clowns walking and i remarked this time around that i'm sure the first time around it just struck me as like a michael myers kind of like slow walk for effect this time it was clear to me that they were they were walking the way they were out of necessity of the costumes. <laughs> actually, actually, but no. The way that they, well, go ahead. Oh, well, no, I want to say finish what you're saying because I'll fill in something. Okay. the The note that I made this time is the consistency from one clown in one scene to that same clown in another scene with how they were walking was not only consistent; it was unique to that clown oh, all right so there was at least a couple of shots where like they tried to develop a sort of character through the way these clowns were moving beyond like what they looked like so i have the blu-ray and it has a bunch of special features on it and i've never watched through them uh there's a couple short uh extra scenes that don't really amount to much i guess they put them on like cable viewings of it uh there's director's commentary i didn't watch it with that there's some featurettes there's like a full featurette there is a featurette on like the effects um and one on the music i wish i would have time and i would have tried to dig into those i mean i don't do that all the time for our stuff but i was like oh this one might be fun anyway so i couldn't get into all of them but i did watch some of the shorter ones and one of them was like a clown screen test so they had actors in rough costumes for the clowns but the heads were on and like the hands were on so it was like you got the basic gist of it just without like the full clown get up but they were directing them in how to walk and they wanted them to walk slowly and they were giving that they, they were tell like one guy was like no, no no your movements are great we just need it to be a lot slower and he, he they were directing them to do certain types of movements and so seeing that and thinking about the movie afterwards i was like oh, okay because like they were saying oh well like walk like effeminate and so they had like a clown like walking in kind of you know like a a girlish type way um and then they had they were like oh remember that like buzzard from looney tunes it would be like this (laughs) and so they had them do that and so they were directing them to i think they wanted like them to look goofy but i think the slowness was also a factor to just make them seem unusual and alien like and stuff i will admit there's a scene late in the movie just a couple seconds where two of the clowns run mm. and it very much upset me they can run when they need to to be they're conserving energy it takes a lot of bu- blood i flipped my entire coffee table mm. i i just <laughs> are the cinder blocks everywhere. okay <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Ow. come on that was that was they a good also joke. in addition to being able to run really fast when they want apparently they can also jump clear up to space yeah <laughs> well yeah. they're killer uh, clowns from outer space you see or as uh that uh cop goes killer clowns from outer space holy shit that's that's one of the better lines i like his delivery <laughs> early early too that that uh cop was if i have this correctly one of three speaking roles whose actor was not i'm guessing somewhere between 26 and 36 years old (laughs) so i have that at mooney the pharmacist and the old coot from the woods yeah 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 that's fair so uh what element would we like to dig into first have you 
the amazing theme song by yes. the Dickies. Oh, oh yeah, God. let's start at the start. Let's start at the start. They led strong with that. They did. That, that was a, such a great song. It's a bang. Yeah. Have you seen the music video for it? I did watch did it. I watched one. it on your recommendation, David. There's, it starts off with the band playing and a few clips. By the end of it, it is the Killer Clowns playing all the music. <sighs> oh my god! They had the costumes. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> is that on? Presumably, that's on the special features or something. Uh, uh, I don't think it was. I just w- watched it on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. That was on much music then, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think TRL ran it back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it was at the top for a while. <laughs> Hi, this is Carson Daly, and once again, Killer Clowns. Of course, it's the clowns who have to come to that tiny studio and perform it live. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the uh, the theme song is by the great punk band The Dickies. Um, and if you've seen the film and uh, like the song, or if you've come across it some other time, The Dickies are worth looking up. They've got a lot of great stuff. But specifically, for fans of Halloween, they have a lot of things that uh, fit into that range. Uh, some of which include Attack of the Mole Men, Toxic Avenger, Roadkill, Monster Island, and She's a Hunchback. Uh, all very <laughs> fun songs. Linton, you craft uh, painstakingly curated daily uh, playlists for the Halloween season. Yes. And are somehow able to, year after year, create 31 of them. <laughs> I'm guessing all of those songs have made it on there at least All of those songs are on there currently, including the Killer Clowns uh, theme. But it did make me start to wonder, because I have some other stuff by the Dickies, but I like because I grabbed stuff years ago. But it made me wonder if there's other Halloween-type songs by them that I'm unaware of. So I'm going to have to do a deep dive and see if there's some others that uh, I might not know about. Go in for their D-sides. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question. Devin had mentioned the the ages of the actors. What college... No, these are beyond college students. Like, the, these are full-ass adults. What full-on adults go to an inspiration point, make-out point type place I, to hook up? Didn't even occur to me to question I don't know that, other than I, I don't know that, that, that I thought they that, are that scene was credibly Full-on adults because they mention the, the guy and the girl, the two leads, they mention being in classes together. Mm-hmm. I guess. So they might be college students, but they've got to be late college students because her ex is a cop. Unless he just didn't go to college. I mean, yeah, even if he didn't go to college, like, there's training and all that. Cops are trained for, like, two weeks tops, David. You know this. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Pretty sure. But, and I I was very much like, I, these poor, dude, it's a college town. So, even if they're still college students, they've got dorms. Like, make out point is strictly for children. Or, well, teenagers. <laughs> I consider... <laughs> That's the tagline for the yeah, episode, right? right? <laughs> I, I consider anyone under the age of 25 to be a child. Like, it's just, no. All of you 
Oh, oh my God. Just why were they all well, there? Well, to, Other to, than the story. To just pull apart your argument a little further, David, if I may, anyone under the tw- age of 25, those are college students who you're describing. <laughs> Damn it. You're right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Fuck. Got him. like... I, I, I do I do think that this is a great time to bring up a couple more points about uh, the human characters in the movie because we did talk uh, a little bit about the clowns. Mm. We've touched on a couple of the characters, but some of these characters I think deserve some special attention. The main guy, I don't know what his name is. Oh, I can tell you his name. His name is Mike Tobacco. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, wait. Is. Is that the character's name or the actor's name? That is the name? character's name. <laughs> he had a name, and it was Mike. They, they call him. They call Mike him Tobacco. Mike at points, but I don't think I've they heard, ever use his last name. Um, I don't know if they ever use his last name, but in the credits, it's Mike Tobacco. So anyway, dude sounded like he was doing voiceover work for a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I could not get past his voice. I don't know what he was going for or was directed to do, but it was. Near unbearable at times. <laughs> what is going on? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and the other human characters that I think are worth mentioning, because the rest of them I don't really care one way or another for, are Mooney, who I want to spend a lot of time on. We'll circle back. Mm-hmm. The Terenzi brothers, yep. I originally wrote in my notes here, are real dumb. I scratched that out just now and found the word I was searching for. The Terenzi brothers are worryingly dumb. <laughs> I wrote down that they behave like children. Like they're just yeah. children mentally trapped inside like 20-something-year-old bodies. like. And Mike Tobacco is just treating them like it's, oh, look at these two goofballs, but like these guys need help. I, I wrote I wrote down that they fucked those lady clowns. They did oh, they that. did do that. They did do that. Their names are Rosebud and Daisy. Wait. No, they weren't. It was like Paul and something. Oh, no, the, the lady clowns. Yeah, their names are Rosebud and Daisy. Hey, after Mike Tobacco, who knows? <laughs> Rosebud's the one in the vest. Daisy's the uh, one with the pigtails. Which uh, the late '80s, early '90s—that's prime time for care for like side characters getting with female monsters unexpectedly. Because you got this, and you got that scene in Gremlins too, when the when the lady gremlin gets all up on uh, the dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. I do want to say so the the Terenzi brothers show up in their. Uh, in their ice cream van truck ice cream truck and my first thought turns out this came out first what was it about uh bad horror comedy uh characters working in ice cream vans because there's also jim carrey in once bitten Mm. and it just it makes a nice through line for me i want there's also the ice cream man starring clint howard yeah oh oof there's, there's a there's a conspiracy here. Mm-hmm. You work on the universe, cream, ice cream trucks. They're so unassuming, and I don't know. And apparently, they make women incredibly horny. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although those fat girls who were there 
Whoa. Clearly because they were fat. <laughs> and that's the joke that was being made. And I don't even have to feel bad about bringing it up this way because I'm so confident that that was the statement being made. I thought you said that we could have as much ice cream as we want. Let's go home. <laughs> that was like the second thing to happen in this movie. <laughs> I will say the Terenzis were were worryingly dumb in that they they thought that that would work. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I. It's like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of an ice cream truck? Children, not hot chicks. Okay, these two things are not synonymous. As we know, was... as we know, children counts all the way up to twenty five. So that's within yeah. their range. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit! Also, like, uh, ice cream trucks are like they're very cold places. <laughs> it's, it's just not conducive to to sweet, really sweet gets the loving. blood slowing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did anyone see anything on like whether or not this movie was successful? Because I was seeing confusing information. I l- tried much less hard. I tried. I didn't try nearly as hard as you did. I did one Google search, clicked on one page. It was Wikipedia. Did not find it, any mention of it there. Um, well, it actually does have it on Wikipedia, so that's where I got it from. So you you did well, very very well. little very little uh, work in this. Uh, no, oh, a, yeah. Accor- I saw You're numbers and my brain shut off. According to Wikipedia, it says the budget was $1.8 which I totally believe, for the yeah. era and what they were doing. But it says the box office was $43 million. And, like, that's a solid profit for, you know, usually they you factor in marketing and stuff. And usually marketing can be, a, like, a big budget movie. It can be, like, tens or even $100 million or something. That would this would not have gotten anywhere near that, but let's say even it had a five million dollar marketing budget, might not have even had that. But even if it did, it it's very pro- profitable on top of it, if those numbers are right. But I kind of always assumed that this movie wasn't successful. I've always thought of it as being like a cult film and something that horror fans like, and that wasn't like some beloved gem like in its original run. And so I was digging into it some, and maybe they talk about it on the commentary. Maybe the directors address this. Um, but so uh, I saw information that said that the film was released in the summer rather than ha- Halloween, and it bombed, and it was only in limited theaters, and that it later became more famous on video. Um, mm. And then I saw something else that claimed, due to the rock band The Dickies performing the film's theme song, it was featured as one of the songs on their international tour. This in turn brought knowledge of the film along with it and helped the film gain massive foreign box office earnings, which accounted for almost half of the film's revenue. So if it was successful, maybe it was due to that. Um, but I don't know if the 43 million, like if that number is totally wrong or if maybe that number is like all the money they've made on the property in the last 35 years. Like, you know, with, like, merchandising and, you know, home video and that kind of stuff. Like, maybe that number has been inching up over the years. I don't know. But I couldn't find anything definitive. I would guess, based on my limited knowledge and uh, pure assumptions and my very self-focused worldview, apparently, (laughs) that 
this film has probably sold more merchandise and t-shirts in the last 10 years than it did in its first oh absolutely yeah no there was nothing before it's blown up in the last few years on that i don't know why i've seen this or where i've seen this but like in terms of b movies b horror movies from the 80s this movie stands out as one that's like recognizable by more people outside of cult followings and like when people when you see a picture of this or a poster like i don't even if you haven't seen it you might think i've seen that poster before or like oh killer clowns from outer space like i've not seen it but you know that it's familiar in some way i don't know where they show pictures well, of it I, or video i think it's a it. couple things i think one the title is kind of impossible to forget mm-hmm. um the clown Im- the images of the clowns are very striking um and then more recently um it's gotten in spirit halloween stuff the last few years spirit mm. started to i mean there's been some merch and some toys and things released in like the last five to ten years but it's only been the last few years where spirit has started to really like go hard in the paint on certain brands because if you remember like 10 years ago spirit would have like just regular halloween shit and then there'd be like some masks of like oh you can get a jason mask a michael myers mask but now they have like whole sections of the store for like just one property and so they'll do like here's the nightmare before christmas section here's beetlejuice and they they kind of rotate them different years trick or treat got a big treatment and now like so don't give me that face Devin, that trick or treat's fucking great. Um, but anyway, I never saw it. <laughs> what the what? fuck's that face for? <laughs> um, uh. Anyway, so it, it got a big treatment, and I think it's making trick or treat more well known amongst the public. But I think Killer Clowns is in a similar situation where, like, they're selling the like ray guns, they're selling the costumes and masks. David has <laughs> shot glasses or cups or something. Yep, shot glasses from Spirit Halloween. Um, so, are they designed to look like little popcorn containers? Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Classy touch. So, so yeah, I think Devin. At least in the last few years, that might be why it's emerging more because lots of people go to Spirit to get Halloween junk, and so they might be like, "Oh, killer clowns." Okay, yeah, that's a thing. So, you know, in the next couple years, they'll probably pick some other property that will get blown up in some way. There's also uh, the boutique uh, limited drops of horror movie uh, merch in the last few years. Um, has a lot of that's been killer clowns uh, occasionally. Like you'll get a one day only check out all these specially designed killer clowns things or the crow in the next week or uh demons that kind of stuff so i saw i saw killer clowns a lot with that the horror house shop uh down the way from me has leggings the um and a full life-size uh uh cotton candy uh cocoon with the how do you uh, lead with leggings and then follow with also a full you gotta you gotta build to that devin peel part of it away and there's a man's face yes if you're hearing a song it is our dishwasher (laughs) oh it's not a killer clown uh, playing some kind of musical tune no did sound can you reprogram your dishwasher so that it is the uh circus tune i mean that would be great but i don't know probably for about a day and then it'll just drive you insane yeah 
All right. Um, so let's see. Uh, I did also see, since we're talking a little bit about the budget, uh, according to one thing I saw, uh, this might have been on IMDb, which I always preface with, who knows if this is accurate. <laughs> um, but according to that, the $2 million budget went primarily to production costs. The clowns and visual effects are created almost entirely by the filmmakers at very little cost. I've so, heard of that, too. I do not. Like, how? The, yeah. Those, those masks... The, those clowns were so expressive. The masks like they, are they great. Have, yeah, they have reactions to things. I would dare say, I would dare say that the killer clowns have just as good or better um, mask effects than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I would say the clowns in this movie have are more expressive and... <laughs> Uh, deliver better uh, emotion than the Ninja Turtles from any of the original three movies. Well, I mean, the later Ninja Turtle movies were real bad. But yes, these clowns are beautiful. They're beautiful, beautiful clowns. Especially (laughs) those two lady clowns. Mm -hmm. Their names are Rosebud. I reached for it and I could not, David. Sorry. (laughs) I could not remember. One of them had inflatable breasts. That's like them, I think that's did. a vivid I memory. I think I the one the one on the left it doesn't really happen. I think it might have been duds. Okay. Uh, so it's more prominent in Daisy than Rosemary. <laughs> gotcha. David, gotcha. how many Mark times have you seen this movie and specifically that scene? With that, uh, <laughs> put that in the IMDb trivia there. The little fun I, facts. Daisy is more of a grower and, and <laughs> Rosebud. I looked up I, I looked up what their names were um, after uh, this latest time going, wait, do they have names? It's hey, not... hey, if Mike Tobacco has a last name credited, <laughs> they credited everybody. I mean, going into it, I knew Jumbo, I knew Shorty, I knew Rudy, I knew Slim, but I didn't know any of the You know, all, Apparently... all the heavy hitters. <laughs> oh, Apparently, like, there's 12 or 13 not on-screen named, but named clowns. No, yeah, Gosh. well, there's a Killer oh. Clowns wiki that I ended up on, and I was reading a little bit of information. And, yeah, like, they all have all the ones that are in that parade and stuff, and the ones yeah. that show up at the very end, yeah, they they gave them names, I guess. How many, how many did they actually make costumes for? And I know probably some of those costumes at the end didn't have, like, the full range of... What I read was they did like different body shapes. They did like a peanut shape. They did like a triangle shape, an inverted triangle, and like a square shape. Although when I was watching it, I was like, I don't know if that's legit because I'm not seeing too many triangle shapes here. Uh, they yeah. look, they kind of all look like peanut shapes to me. But um, but supposedly they made like four different shapes, and then each shape got two clowns, like two of the featured clowns. So I think there were like eight in total or eight planned or something i don't know and then then they had all the extra ones which if you look a lot of the extra ones that you only see for like a 30 seconds or a scene you can tell it's like oh that's clearly like one of the famous clowns we see but it has different hair on its head and it's wearing like like but they made so many of them uh yeah i mean i mean at the end there's probably what 15 30 to 50 i don't know that there's that many but like 15 to 20 max when they're like 
there at, inside the ship. Because mm-hmm. I think some of them were like swap, like I said, swapping out hair and clothes, but. But apparently they made all of those costumes at very low cost. Yeah. You know, if I lived in some nowhere place like Ohio that had lawns, it would be a dream of mine to have enough killer clowns to to decorate the side of the house so that, you know, if you're just walking past, you might not notice them uh-huh. until you're passing and you look down. And you see seven, eight killer clowns of varying height. God, yeah. Well, they there. I think there are some full size ones that uh, some of these Halloween places sell. And uh, to your point, David, here in uh, nowhere places in Ohio, lots of people do have these giant uh, Halloween stand up things. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. Oh, here. I didn't mean at Halloween. <laughs> Just all year round. But yeah, no, like Lowe's and stuff. I was there the other day and they're like, all these places are going like hard on all these like giant Halloween display, like places I wouldn't have expected to be into it are like, I mean, I think after what Home Depot did that giant skeleton, all these places Mm -hmm. are like, well, fuck, we're going to do ours. (laughs) You see a lot of giant skeletons out here in Ohio. A friend of mine had a giant skeleton and my favorite thing for it was when he dressed it up for different uh, seasons. And for um, Valentine's Day, he made a big LED uh, bow and arrow and a heart inside that pulsated. Oh, oh my. my God. I was hoping that you were just going to say that he made an enormous summer dress that he <laughs> nope. put on the thing. And then he wrapped, he wrapped roses through the ribcage, I believe. To Linton's wow. point, uh, I, I think... Where do you store all that stuff? <laughs> so you store it on the front lawn and you dress it up for every holiday. Yes. So, oh, <laughs> I love that we haven't gotten to the uh, to the clowns yet. We, we've we've talked a good amount about the clowns, but yes, yeah. let's let's dive Plot in head first just like I just to the killer clowns who happen to be from outer space. So. Um, these are murderous clowns that are also space creatures, so they have various abilities uh, far beyond those of mortal men. Um, and uh, we find out as the plot goes along that they have been—they're harvesting humans and apparently dogs. Um, they put them in. Pooh bear. Uh, they put Not them in cot- cotton candy cocoons. And then they drink from those cocoons with silly straws to to drain their blood. Another key moment in Linton's uh, formation as a child, watching watching a, a monster alien clown uh, drink blood from a big old piece of cotton candy. <laughs> I'm sure that did some good stuff for me. And some would say he turned out all right. <laughs> yeah, some. <laughs> Not me, but some. Um, that did that did make the, the straw was one of those ridiculous crazy straws it was very crazy and it did have have me wondering was that straw long enough to make like the suction power that that clown must have had i mean it's alien technology so true. it must be good. okay i'm thinking more about the logistics of shooting that scene like fluid was moving through that thing and yeah. one end of it was in a thing and the other end of it was in the clown's mouth unless they shot it and played it back in reverse Mm. and he was like blowing it into the cotton candy cocoon 
which may have worked better. They could have had something that was something like, in that mask was sucking. Yeah, I was gonna say they the could straw. have had some other tube hidden in that mask. But if a straw is long enough, and this thing had a lot of bends in it, so I don't know how long it is. Even a vacuum will will stop. I learned that on Mister Wizard. Oh, so I'd give that one to Mister Wizard. Let him do the math. So the clowns. What do we want to dig into on the clowns? Uh, we can start with their here's, look and their mythos. I'd say. Here's one about their technology. <laughs> they have guns that turn people into cotton candy. They have guns that put people in balloons, and they have guns that shoot popcorn. Of course, it's not popcorn. Popcorn is an Earth thing that we know. We just call it popcorn because that's our frame of reference. This stuff is sticky. We know it's sticky. And it is sentient, the popcorn, as they crawls across the floor. And it also maybe turns into snakes with clown heads. Yeah. Cute little or baby those clowns. are like larval stages of the clowns themselves according to the killer clowns wikipedia that is it's they referred to it as the larval stage wow so that's how they reproduce what's the requirement because there's so much popcorn coming out of that gun also if if you want to talk about if you want to get in the nitty-gritty on uh, killer clowns reproduction we're going to go all xenomorph on this uh that uh, wikipedia killer clowns wikipedia also pointed out that while the popcorn larva forms into baby snake clowns, um, it said with the presence of female clowns that had breasts, it implies that the baby snake clowns require milk at some point in their developmental process. They went really, really in depth on the uh, you know like the inner workings of the killer clowns mythos. It's all conjecture though. Yeah. Some of this, maybe, maybe it's from the Kyoto's. I don't know. There is a point where they turn people into popcorn, though. At what point? Uh, it's semi-early in the movie. Um, they actually turn people into uh, um, popcorn, which then brings up... Uh, a whole bunch of other questions. Oh, is it you're talking about when they when he grabs uh when they do the shadow puppet and they shrink the people down and he sticks them yeah, in the bag? Uh, yeah, because when he sticks them into the bag, they are popcorn. Are they popcorn or do we just not know No, they're popcorn. Okay. Cause he could when have he, just been he... putting them in the popcorn so that the the larva could eat them. Nope, looks like they're popcorn. Okay. Looks like eating them. So shadow okay. So so you make a shadow puppet and the shadow work throughout the movie is fantastic. When a clown and a, a shadow, shadow puppet love each other very much. <laughs> yep. And they eat a humanoid. That creates a popcorn. <laughs> then the popcorn crawls into it a hamper or a dumpster. And... Something that has a lid. Yeah, it has to have a lid. It has but... to have a lid. And then it shakes around. And then it turns into snakes with clown heads. <laughs> and then those things feed on people in some way. And then they suck a titty. And then they grow up and they become big and strong. Yeah. Well, you're forgetting and the graboid stage, become... though. So that, that factors in. 
And then they become even bigger and even stronger when they become Clownzilla. Yes. What is up with that clown? (laughs) Also, Clownzilla and the baby clowns look more like each other than the regular clowns do. Because well, the baby clowns have the huge teeth coming out, and it's like a more it's like how appearance. it's like how babies and old people look the same. That's what I was gonna say. That's age. <laughs> to what age? It's bi-directional. <laughs> bi-directional. So that that giant clown scene, very cool. Yes, and I'm not saying that ironically. Like the way that they changed the scale of the sets, and like did a bunch of like perspective sort of like size trickery. And then I wrote this down and I don't know what they did. And maybe one of you guys do. They had the giant clown, which was clearly somebody in a suit. Yeah. Throw a, like a half size model ice cream truck and then have it blow up. Mm -hmm. Did I see that right? Yeah. Yes. They built a small truck, had a man in a clown suit throw it across a room, maybe on wires, I don't know. I'll assume not. And uh, and then blew it up. Yeah, yeah. This, this is seen, what they yeah. used to do before CGI, Devin. Welcome to older films. Well, like, I for for this movie, I mean. Like, yes, I know, like, they spent a lot of time and care on these costumes, and I shouldn't mm. be surprised that they threw a truck and blew it up and then drove a car off a bridge for killer clowns from outer space. I don't know that they needed to do those things, but they did them. <laughs> and that's real cool. <laughs> I will say, when that truck blows up, it blows up spectacularly. Like, just fire throughout. There is no way anyone survives. Yeah, it vaporized that thing. Yeah. But much... <laughs> But much like Tommy Five Tone from um, Hudson Hawk, the Terenzi brothers somehow survive with a sure. This is how. Yeah, they uh, they use the old Indiana Jones in the refrigerator escape at the end. Yeah, they, do. they just get in the car and it blows the whole thing sky high, and then the car lands and everyone's fine. Which really just. Brings us back to, okay, if it is cold enough uh, in in the back of the ice cream truck to protect you from that level of an explosion, how is that your makeup makeout vehicle? I, I have questions for the Terenzis. I don't know that it ever worked for them. Though. Well, let's talk about the debt they're probably in, because they just keep <laughs> giving away that ice cream. We're not making and a profit. They also <laughs> mentioned at the end... Hey, this is a rental. Right. <laughs> not not smart, clearly, these guys. No. And the Mike Mike Tobacco, whose name I now know and will use every time. Uh, Mike Tobacco said that these are friends from high school and that he just loves going out on the town with them. It's always an adventure with the Terenzi brothers. I having seen these guys interact in a real world in their version of a real world i can't imagine anything but that a night out with these guys is them like just jerking off to hustler <laughs> and picking and eating their boogers to emily's point like these are 
these are man children and this guy who's supposed to be like cool and dating a pretty lady in in college is like yeah these are my closest friends um i'm gonna counter with i used to hang out with linton and several other folk in college mm-hmm. and there were and at David least a couple was our Terenzi brother yes we it was like a it was kind of an exchange program and you know we, we I, were I looking out say, for him a couple of us in that group may have fit the description of a Terenzi, a Terenzi I'm not type. saying me I am not saying Nate Littleton I would never say that Nathan Beauregard Littleton was a Terenzi brother. Here's here's a possibility. What what if the Terenzi brothers are like the director surrogate for the Kyoto brothers? What if that's how they are Ooh. in real life? And like, oh, we got to get ourselves in here. Oh, we'll make the Terenzi brothers. Yikes. That's kind it was of your fun. idea. Whose idea was to make clowns from outer space? They. What'd you say, Emily? No, that's kind of a thought I had, and I was like, "Are they just trying to like fuck around and be like, wouldn't it be funny if we were in the movie, but not really in the movie? Let's write ourselves in." <laughs> there are there are three, three of them, Kyoto brothers. Um, yeah, there's only two of the Terenzis, and then I did see that the t- people who play the Terenzi brothers were like, um, let me see, are they even? Yeah, they're listed. They aren't actually brothers. Um, or if they are, they have different names, uh, last names. But they were like a in a comedy group or something. Or they were like comedians, like mm. a partnership or something. So they mm. did stand up together, I think. They clearly had a rapport. Yeah. So I'll of, guess of I'll some credit kind, there. If you could call it that. Yeah. I do believe, uh, I mean, one of the Chiotos made it into the movie. Oh? I believe Clown one of Zilla. the... Uh, yeah. Chiodos was Clownzilla. I was waiting for one of these characters in the movie to be like, okay, which one of these guys is the director? Because this movie so fits the the brief mm-hmm. of one of these movies that they are in out of like a passion for the film or that they couldn't get more people to be in the movie, so they're in it themselves, and nobody showed up. The Clownzilla there one, they were. It, they were originally going to do it in stop motion but I think it like didn't work or didn't get to a level that they liked. So then they ended up doing the suit thing. It was, it was the right move, I think. Yeah. Hey, here's a question uh, for you guys. What's our thoughts on indistinct police rank Moody? Moody? Mooney? Mooney. Moody. Yeah. Like he seems like he's like, in charge of Officer Dave, but then, like, initially. I think so. No, no, initially, because he's older and you just kind of think that. And then yeah, you're like, right. oh, wait a minute, maybe he's resentful because, like, Officer Dave is, like, outranks him and he's been on the force forever. But then later it kind of seems like they're on equal footing because, like, oh, once the chief gets back. But that's, like, 45 yeah. minutes into the movie. And so then it's like, right. what, are these guys both, like, on the same level? I, like, what's happening right now? Who's... Yeah. I like to think that Mo- Mooney's behavior and blatant racism and uh, bigotry has kept him back from promotional opportunities, and he's just been at that entry level his entire career. 
I I feel that Mooney was a very accurate portrayal of a lot of small uh, town and college town cops. Yeah. If not a caricature of that, it was believable in a lot of ways, and they painted such a detailed picture as to show him very exuberantly leafing through and reading all the articles in gun magazines. <laughs> yeah. Cuz it was very effective because the first time you see him doing it and they use the joke again it's so effective and it still works. The first time you see him doing it you're he's like oh yeah, flipping through a magazine which we don't know what it is and then it's revealed to the viewer that it's not like some sort of babes magazine. It's he's just reading about like guns and shooting people <laughs> he's, he's a ticking cold. time bomb guys if he's that clown didn't kill him you know something would have happened uh when the clown shows up um like yes it's a killer clown from outer space uh he doesn't know it's a killer clown he just thinks it's another college kid uh playing a prank by being seven feet tall and a clown, um, like it was 2016 or something. Do you remember the clown? Oh, thing? I, I remember. Yeah. Those clowns are still out there. They never caught them. Uh, there was a clown down there. Anyhow, he he definitely tries to manhandle and rough up the uh, clown in the like as he's putting him in the cell, and it's just this cop has definitely. Uh, has definitely done some police brutality on people. Oh, for sure. Then I it... think. Oh yeah, that that flashlight trick when he puts yeah. him in the in the jail cell, where he like just tries to blast him in the back of the head with a flashlight and leave him unconscious in a cold, dark jail cell is clearly something that he does regularly. Yeah, yeah. And in comparison, the good cop Dave. Still roughs up um, Mike Tobacco a little bit. Yeah. Like, at first you're like, oh, okay, so in comparison, this is the good cop, Mooney's the bad cop. And then it's just, no, Dave's still a dick. Well, and in kind of a stupid way, too, like, because Mooney kept saying, like, oh, they're just making a fool out of you, a dummy out of you. And, like, he gets out there and it's like, all right, so let's say that the college kids were fucking with him. I can get why he would be like mad, but he like Mike hasn't done anything like illegal. Like I mean Mike's claim Mike... was there was there's shit out here and they get there and there's nothing there. Oh no no no, it's not because of that. It's because Mike was on a date with Dave's ex girlfriend. No, I know right, but I'm saying that like but Dave ultimately is basically our hero. <laughs> so like it's not a great place to be putting him as a character true right i don't know uh, yes he's clearly like the hero but i still think the other guy is supposed to be the protagonist this yeah. mike tobacco is like the main male character of the movie and they'd never really lean hard enough i don't think into any of these characters including yeah. lady Deb. uh Deb to to make anyone feel like a central character who you can get behind. I feel like yeah, I feel Mike Tobacco. He was the one given the uh the memorable name. Yeah. I feel also, like Also, <laughs> he sucked and I hated him. But 
<laughs> here's here's an ir- ironic thing. Start of the movie, very annoyed by Mike Tobacco. I said, uh, this main guy is a real ham. I hope he eats it. And then uh, Mooney shows up, and uh, I'm like, wow, this guy's a real piece of work. And then later on in the movie, when shit really starts to hit the fan around this town and people are calling in and he's just in his, you know, little police headquarters, just kind of like slowly losing his mind and in denial about the whole thing. More than anything in this movie that I that I would have liked to see different, I would have liked him to not die so soon, but to maintain that gag throughout the rest of the film where like people are calling him in and the clowns are in there murdering people and he's just like sitting in this semi-darkened room drinking whiskey in complete denial of what he's seeing, just like, hey, you're not going to fool old Mooney. <laughs> And, and then the Mooney is the hero in the end, somehow. Yeah. We just subvert <laughs> yeah. all expectations. I did like after Mooney died when Dave goes to find him, the little footprints that are mm. everywhere. Oh, yeah. The little red footprints. This was the first time I noticed that there's like four or five of them that are blue. Hmm. Like all of them are red except for like one here, another one there, and that's delightful to that yes it's that kind of set design the loving care to detail for sure that yeah. makes the chioto brothers uh some of the most underrated directors in all of cinema um oh. the uh, mooney's death so he he says uh you're not gonna make a dummy out of me and wouldn't yep. you know it he becomes a ventriloquist dummy um but that scene plays like super well and it's probably the most unsettling moment like i haven't watched this movie in years but uh john vernon does it really well in his dummy movements but also knowing that like while it's like a silly thing he knows that it's also a horror moment so he play the way he plays it uh like it he's like the best actor in the film like based on other things that he's been in and everything so like he's he's doing more than basically anybody else um but so the clowns who don't really talk, they kind of do this weird, like gibberish babbling stuff. Um, you can, it's, it's like Kenny from South Park. Like you understand the idea of what they're doing, but they aren't, we don't know the words. Um, and so the clown has his hand in uh, Mooney and Mooney has blood down the sides of his mouth to make it look like a ventriloquist dummy's uh, seams. And then they've done some stuff with his eyes and his cheeks, I think, to make him look, you know, like like makeup, like dummy stuff. Anyway, the clown... Rosy cheeks. Yeah. yeah. The Rosy clown talks the through blood. Mooney and says, like, we just want to kill you all. Um, in, this, in this where you're hearing, like, both the clown voice and Mooney, like, over top of each other. It's similar to, like, that scene in Independence Day when... Uh, oh, yeah. When the alien grabs brent spiner data you know and like makes him talk um so clearly independence day was inspired by the the better film killer clowns from outer space Um, inspired by or ripped off (laughs) but anyway so mooney talks and everything and then uh dave tries to like kill the clown or something i can't remember exactly exactly what happens but basically the clown puts mooney down lets him go and mooney slumps to the ground and we can see that he's definitely dead and the clown pulls out his hand and there are these big goofy hands that we've seen, you know, like rubberized hands and it's just covered in blood. 
And it's like the most like graphic moment I feel of the movie. And it's not played goofy like a lot of the other deaths are. It's played kind of like, no, you're supposed to think this is really unsettling. And it yeah. it's effective. And the way that it the way that the clown flicks the blood yeah. off nonchalantly uh-huh. is like cherry on top. Well, there's another and, uh, cherry I on wrote top. Down, <laughs> I wrote down in that scene what I think is like the most unsettling scene, I agree. Uh where he says, Don't worry, Dave, all we want to do is kill you. Yes. But in a very like like you said not tongue-in-cheek at all it's clearly goofy because that's a goofy thing to say but that's where the goofiness in it ends and the rest is just creepy like they married those two creepiness and goofiness like perfectly in this movie what world do you live in that all we want to do is kill you is just a naturally goofy (laughs) statement (laughs) David, did you just do a... Wait, 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 let's back up. David, did you just do a Steve Martin wild and crazy guy gesture? (laughs) Is that what that was? Yes. (laughs) You know who two wild and crazy guys are? Those Terenzi brothers. Well, going back to cherries on top, David, would you like to tell us about the uh, the pie sequence? I think you might enjoy that. (sighs) That was wonderful. Uh, Security guard... Okay, first of all, I love the pie sequence because it combined two um, two classic clown um, bits being the pies and the clown car. But, you know, boop, 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 wacky clown car, way too many clowns get out of it. And this, uh, this security guard's fairly nonplussed about it. He's like, we're, we're closed. What are you doing here? He's not freaking out about the giant alien clowns. Love that. And then, what are you going to do with them pies? And they all start throwing the pies at him. Which is... And it's played for laughs. Cuts to him being hit by a dozen pies. Back to them. Back to just a pile of, of cream. And one of them, Shorty, I believe, I believe it was Shorty, just drops a giant cherry on it. And we come back to it later when the Terenzi brothers, uh, Cop Dave and Mike Tobacco show up trying to find um, Deb, who's been kidnapped. And one of the Terenzi brothers reaches down and grabs a little bit of this whipped cream onto his finger and is obviously thinking about eating it. When Mike points out and goes, oh, I wouldn't do that. And you see a um, bloody, well, it's got some blood in there and some goo, but it's a skeleton. It is a skeleton arm, yeah. just just the, the bones of an arm, which fantastic, lovely moment, just, just so appetizing does kind of make me wonder so after the initial acid melting of the man does the whipped cream lose its acidity because one of them does just grab a uh, a fingerful and at that point does it taste like whipped cream is it a nice is it key lime? lime is it i could have sworn i saw some uh some lemon pies in there it seemed like they were using a uh 
a variety of at least two kinds of pie filling, and it yeah. wasn't all the cheap stuff. Speaking of this yeah. pie scene, uh, the uh, Kyoto's wanted to cast Soupy Sales, who was known for taking pies to the face as part of his act. Um, but uh, the executives did not want to allocate funds to pay for sales plane ticket to the production <laughs> wow. uh, as they felt oh. that audiences would not know who sales was. And they were arguably correct. Yeah. A great a great thing to go seek out and watch is uh, Soupy Sales with Frank Sinatra and Sinatra Sin, Sin, no. with Frank Sinatra and a couple of uh, the other Rat Packers where they're doing a scene where they're in a restaurant and he starts hitting them with pies and they are obviously pissed. <laughs> it is wonderful. <laughs> Sidebar, I I don't know, have, have any of you ever actually hit someone in the face with a pie? No. No. I've okay. seen it done, but I have not done it myself. <laughs> Make sure to take the pie crust... Out of the uh, foil base. Because um, if you're going to hit someone with some force in the face with a pie, the the um, the foil can cause some abrasions and cuts in their face. I have learned this the hard way. Were you is the pie-er or were you the pie Oh, I was the pie-er. How, how did the lawsuit uh, transpire? Oh, no, no, no. This was at work, so. <laughs> it was at work. Thing. Things were mediated at HR, so. Yeah. Everything worked out okay. I, I, I can't disclose what happened, so. <laughs> I, I signed an NDA. Yeah. Were you were you at work? Was it where it's like wild and crazy kids day at work? What was this? <laughs> I don't even remember the reason why there was it 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 was a thing we were doing. It was a pie exchange. If 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 you got to a certain number of sales, you got to pie your boss in the face. Mm. <laughs> Yikes! Which yeah yeah that's the thing. Um, God, I love clowns. There. <laughs> Other other great classic clown bits though, the fireman bit, the um the flower with the pst, um, the gesture I just made will completely translate well on 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 well, radio. Mm-hmm. But they uh, the variety of the gags right from the get go. As soon as they got to the town and they were playing like call service where they were knocking up people's doors and murdering them i david you used the word delightful to describe these clowns earlier which i think is apt i said (laughs) pageantry and delightful at least (laughs) twice in my notes the they they made it and they they broke it up with other junk from the movie that they had to include for like plot (laughs) and stuff yeah which is the right thing to do because that was the only way it, to break it up was the only way to get in as many of those gags and, and tropes and stuff as they did. I wouldn't have wanted to see one less than I saw, if anything more. <laughs> and if that meant seeing one more scene with Mike Tobacco in it in between, I'd have taken it. 
Let's go back to unsettling. Um, <laughs> Not delightfully whimsical? No. So one one of the scenes that I found unsettling was the clown that was trying to attract the little girl from the Ooh, restaurant. Yeah. That hit different for me this time around. Well, when yeah. When I have a young daughter. <laughs> so, like, it's that classic 1980s like parents are parents are assholes like they treat their kids like shit and then like here's this whimsical clown that's supposed to be attractive to this little girl like waving to her and like you know beckoning her out and it's just like just the tone of it is very different from like some of the more you know campier things that you know we've discussed so far but she gets For away me, they didn't she does get away they didn't lean far enough in the comedy direction for me. I think they could have leaned a little farther there in parts. I wouldn't have wanted them to sacrifice too much of the creepiness. I think that scene for me is the one scene where they went a little too far in the creepiness direction. I feel like there was a pattern of, of shows and, and commercials that are like, like you were, like mom and dad suck oh something fun let's run outside and do it and it's a magical world but they didn't play it like that they did very much play it creepy yeah also mm-hmm. fun with that at the end when they're going through all the candy uh cotton candy cocoons there is one small one that might be the dog that might be Pooh bear that might be Pooh bear but also it might be a child there was a lot of cocoons in there. There was a lot of cocoons. There were a lot of cocoons. A, a face to place to them. And the, that's not the only girl in the town. God, that, well, it is that now. was a very creepy scene. <laughs> but, yeah, presumably. Help never did come. <laughs> I, I, oh, God. Anywho. Also, the, wait, wait, wait. Why, just, why did that clown not just attack the place? The clown in the convenience store killed everyone in the convenience store. Also, had had the the clown in the convenience store walks in, kills everyone in the convenience store because mm-hmm. we see the cocoons, but is still bringing stuff up to the clerk who is still alive and just shivering in fear. Yeah, well, because these just clowns aren't these clowns aren't thieves, David. <laughs> Listen, Fair. David, all they want to do is kill you. I I am sorry for my clown slander. Uh, I retract what I'm I retract the implication. Again, I'll and I know we went to we went to creepy uh sure. they were trying to check out at the, the pharmacy. They were attempting to pay for their, their goods delightfully whimsical they can't help it they can't help being creepy they can't help being evil it's just what they are they also can't help but being whimsical yeah so uh sets costumes props we've alluded Uh to these but uh it's all fantastic uh i mean especially for the budget for Mm -hmm. you know a, a pretty low budget even at the time um 
And then one bit of trivia is, so uh, the popcorn gun used by the clowns in the film, which included a compressor that would allow the weapon to actually propel popcorn, was the most expensive prop made for the production, costing $7,000 to create and taking six weeks to build. And I saw that, and I'm like, they use that for like a 10-second shot, and it doesn't come back ever again. And it's like, like, how do you, like, once you've invested seven grand in that how are you not using that popcorn gun like well we gotta come up with some more scenes for this thing or maybe it can like shoot slime or some shit like like they could come up with other things for it yeah knowing that bit of trivia i fully understand how the producers said no to soupy sales airplane tickets (laughs) you cannot have fifty dollars to fly him here no no we said yes to that fucking gun and you used it in one scene no soupy sales for you. Can we can we talk about the passage of time in this movie? Oh, not in life. Yeah. <laughs> Emily just keeps bringing it dark. God. No, this isn't dark. I think there's like weird elements that I feel like don't really like match up. So the time it takes Deb to get to her apartment, undressed and take a shower. Like Mike Tobacco and Dave have driven to this point, come back, done several things. And she's like, just now getting out of the shower and getting dressed. I was like, either this woman takes an incredibly long shower or like there's, there's like a weird time jump that's happening. What intentional or not? I don't know. But yeah, I, I think I took that like that they shot the sequences, you know, to be much closer together, like that there would be a scene in between. And instead they put like eight scenes in between. So <laughs> then it was super awkward. Agreed. Maybe it was two separate showers. We can't rule that out. Maybe she like had a whole day at work and then exercised and then had to take another shower. She has and that's four. the incubation period of the, of popcorn the little popcorn larvae. The clown babies. She yeah. has four hot water heaters down there. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and is able to take an hour and a half shower. She, uh without it ever getting cold. I'm I'm honestly jealous of her. Yeah. She lives in like a real nowhere town like somewhere in Ohio or something. Yeah, right. some nowhere. The sets in this were just gorgeous. Everything the, uh, on the uh, the spaceship is like yeah. I mean obviously oh, wow. you're never tricked yeah. I mean it's you obviously are aware that it's like st- very highly stylized you're on a set but it looks in a fun cartoonish way it makes you believe in the space you're in so right I think if if it ever becomes like such a hit this movie that like it just keeps building and building and like families are watching it every year for halloween and it's on spike tv for 24 hours straight Does that still exists all halloween <laughs> i don't think so uh, spike tv what <laughs> what year is it in your house as uh, one of these time jumps wasn't spike uh, didn't spike tv used to be like tnn wasn't it a country music channel yeah. or something and then it, it was became spike yeah, TV. Split so, off. Yeah. and then they just did like uh movies geared toward men and then probably i'm just guessing the whole thing was shut down after some terrible <laughs> sexual harassment lawsuit but we didn't have the just internet spitballing to here we do, so yeah. <laughs> yeah it tracks anyway if it ever becomes that famous, I would pay to go to a place where you could walk through oh, and experience that Oh, well, that actually that exists, Devin. 
because they did a killer. Glad I brought it up. They did a killer clowns from outer space uh, thing at like Universal Studios, the horror like horror weekends, whatever they do. Um, so I read they did kind of like a small space. They do like the full haunted houses, but they I guess they have like smaller areas that are like you know more kind of like I don't know this shit isn't as important, but we'll do something over here. Um, so I guess they did that one year, and it was like really popular and so then they gave the killer clowns like a full one and then they brought it back i think last halloween they did it again damn and i was out there but they had sold out universal studios it's already sold out so i wasn't able to see it damn. solely due to this killer clown oh uh, that now david I mean, do you solution. know did they have people walking around with the masks yes they did okay they had killer clowns walking around. It's between, between the killer clowns and the universal monsters, it would have been my heaven. So, Devin, uh, cy- cycling back to uh, trying to figure out what year your brain is stuck in. Um, <laughs> it was TNN, or the Nashville Network, from 1983 to 2000. Yeah. Then it became the National Network, the new TNN, and... Uh, I don't know, and then I guess they had professional wrestling on there. 2000-2003, Spike was 2003 to 2018. Spike TV existed. And then then it became Paramount Network from 2018 to present. So I guess that's a thing for people who have cable. I don't know. All right, so Paramount Plus. Well, no, Original Paramount Network, so I think that's separate, probably. Eh, I'm playing fast and loose with these facts now. Separate. How separate? Uh, all right, so uh, a little bit of background stuff. Um, so they originally were going to call the movie just Killer Clowns, but they added the From Outer Space because they were worried that it would come off as a slasher film. So uh, definitely a good move there. Um, and then I was surprised to learn this again, assuming it's true, uh, like IMDb stuff. So that even though the Kyoto's are known for their special effects, um, much of the special effects work was carried out by other artists, allowing the brothers to focus more on the production duties. But the brothers did personally construct the miniature set for the clownzilla sequence. So apparently they weren't like directly involved in the special effects, which really surprised me. Um, Two of the masks were later used uh, for uh, trolls in Ernest Scared Stupid. So if you are <laughs> watching Ernest Scared Stupid sometime, try to look out for the killer clown faces in there. Every year I look more and more like one of the uh, trolls in Ernest Scared oh. Stupid. Uh, I'm sorry, David. Um, so there has been a proposed sequel for a while. The Kyotos have wanted to do one. Uh, Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D was being planned in 2012. They were in like pre-production, which really doesn't mean much. I always say until a, like movies, like cameras are rolling, it's it's all you know like roll the dice kind of shit. But supposedly it was in pre-production, and then and they were going to have uh, Mike Tobacco return, and he was going to be a town drunk. Because nobody, he would rant about killer clowns and nobody oh, believed that's him. Cool. And then there would be like new, like you know, the newbies, the uh, you know, like like they're doing all the legacy character type stuff now um, with the younger characters. So it'd be new ones. I guess they were going to be two young street performers. We're going to team up with him to fight the clowns. 
um, and they were possibly going to do multiple sequels with various uh, legacy characters. And then in 2016, they were possibly going to take it to TV um, and do some kind of like TV series or something. And I guess like uh, eventually it became like Sci-Fi Channel was interested in licensing the rights for Killer Clowns and Critters. And there has been a recent Critters movie made, right? Yes, a TV show. Okay, yeah. So maybe Killer... Like this is 2018... Uh, maybe Killer Clowns is still possibly going to happen as something. I mean, they're having it at Universal Studios. Uh, they think it's big enough deal to have it there. They, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Spirit is doing all of their stuff. They're making a lot of merch for it. So, yeah, I could see the it happening. video game... Has the video game come out yet? I didn't read into the video game, but I did say there, see there was something about one. I did see. Yeah, the video game. I mean, the video game looks fun. It looks like your basic. uh, Some people are the clowns. Some people are the people uh, running from the clowns. Looks like looks like fun if you're into video games. I'm not into video games, but I mean, I I can only imagine that if the video game does well enough, maybe they maybe we will get this. I suspect that they could cross over some of the same types of people that are currently into uh-huh. your five nights at freddy's and will be graduating into like a Fortnite call of duty situation and lean on both those kinds of fan bases and a game like that if it's playable could do really well interesting footnote you mentioned five nights at freddy's uh the was it share or he's not a sheriff but dave the cop dave um so he's been in various things over the years not tons and tons of stuff but he's started acting more again recently and i guess one of his more recent roles is he was in willie's wonderland so that's lovely a, movie oh, oh no yeah. kidding the fantastic movie great film. great use of pinball the pinball table in it was a reskinned <laughs> gorgar mm. um speaking of dave the cop so is he back together with Deb at the end of this movie? She, she hugged, hugged him, him and he kisses that. her hair. But there's never a moment where she breaks up with Mike and starts dating er, and, and reconciles with uh, Cop Dave. And, uh, and and so, I'm sorry, Mike Tobacco. I need to respect his name. Well, I didn't interpret <laughs> it that way, but also the ending of the movie is kind of altered slash tacked on from what it originally was so the original ending is supposed to be that uh the terenzi brothers survive probably in the same way that they do um in the movie the terenzi brothers survive but that dave dies killing the giant clown and uh but i guess test audiences didn't love it and they wanted a more you know like upbeat kind of thing so they reshot the bit um, and that's when Dave survives. So they wouldn't have been writing it for her to get with him because he would have been dead. So that mm. scene would have been added on at the end. Hmm. But cannon, knowing what they were envisioning for Mike Tobacco's uh, later life, maybe it didn't work out. So who knows where she's at now? Bunch of blonde-haired, blue-eyed babies running around somewhere. All right. On that note, uh, any anything to wrap up <laughs> on Killer Clowns uh, before we sign off here? 
I've said my piece. <laughs> David, this is your big moment. Anything left? David legitimately has red clown paint on his nose this entire time. I wasn't fucking around at the beginning. It's oh. it's not full. Oh, he has clown paint around his eyes. All right, he is in, in insane clown posse mode. My mistake. This is not insane clown po- I thought posse you're, paint. Uh... It's black and white for the most part. <laughs> this is just straight up I thought clown. you're... you're... I thought your makeup was uh, the unfortunate results of somebody pieing <laughs> you in the face without removing uh, the tissue first. All right, David, any, uh, any, anything for this? This is this is your day. This is clown day. <laughs> My favorite line in the movie is because there's they're clowns. That's why. Um, the and now that's it. Okay. Well. Wait. <laughs> no, that's that's what you get. That's it. That's that's all yeah. you get to do. <laughs> so, uh, would you recommend Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Yes. Yes, for sure. Last year, Killer Clowns was the first movie I showed in my yard for uh, my summer yard movies. And a friend- were you showing it on the front of your house? two passers-by that would have been i don't have a front yard backyard but hey something to be said for ohio (laughs) (laughs) well played but a friend of mine who had never seen it like uh they came they sat next to me they were watching and they're like i don't know i don't really like horror movies and then within a minute we're oh it's camp (laughs) i'm in yeah, it's it's a delightful movie. Uh, good for anyone young and old, children of twenty four, all the way up to uh, twenty four. <laughs> children of twenty eight. Well, for myself, yes, I would definitely recommend Killer Clowns. Uh, like I said, I saw it when uh, I was but a child, and definitely made an impression. So I saw it probably you know three or four times when I was a kid. Um, it used to be on like I don't know USA TNT and stuff, so I've caught bits and pieces over the years. Uh, I did get the DVD years ago, um, and I read that that is what helped get it more popularity. I mean, I'm sure it would have been on VHS, and horror fans would have found it that way. But I read that the DVD they put it on some like Midnight Movies line, which is I yeah. remember I remember having that DVD. There's like a, I don't know what company does it but they had like a specific logo that would be on certain movies. And so that, that I think brought greater exposure to the movie. And so might've like helped expand its cult uh, following. Uh, So I've had that. I've had the Blu-ray for a good while. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a fun movie. Like I said, it's not like super funny, but it's campy. It's fun. The sets, costumes, props, if you're a horror fan, um, it's it's tons of what you want. I mean, it's not going like hard into like horror and scary stuff, but it does it a little bit. Um, but it definitely plays up a lot of the elements that you like to see. And it's a good like bridge movie. Like I saw it obviously as like a little kid and it was like too scary for me because like those clowns are like fucking creepy looking. But like for like teens and tweens, like this would be a good kind of like, oh, they've seen gremlins. They can handle killer clowns like, you know, like as you're edging into horror territory, killer clowns is a good uh, kind of midpoint. Um, So, yeah, uh, a very fun movie to throw on for uh, your Halloween viewing. So check out killer clowns. 
can I find this? This movie is tons and tons of places. Uh, it's on Paramount Plus, Apple TV, Tubi, Freevee, Amazon, Vudu, Microsoft, Redbox, Google Play, YouTube, and AMC On Demand. And then it is on DVD and is on Blu-ray, as I said. And there's like a special Arrow Edition Blu-ray that was all gussied up and stuff that uh, now Ooh. goes for like, you know, two or three hundred dollars or something. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean wow. those those boutique label Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff—they're out there for a limited period, then they're gone, and then the just eBay like prices, the yeah, yeah, the eBay prices just jump up. All right, so that will wrap us up on this one for Killer Clowns. Uh, hopefully, uh, as you're listening along here, you might check out some of these for your own spookening uh, this this uh, holiday season. Um, but we are moving into uh, our last Halloween offering for the year. Um, very different kind of film. We, Like I said, we did Ghost Fever, which is a terrible horror comedy. Uh, Killer Clowns, which is a campy horror comedy that's much more fun. Um, but we are going with uh, the classic film Night of the Hunter. Um, it's from the 1950s. Robert Mitchum has uh, kind of uh, fairy tale vibes and uh, Mitchum plays a great creepy character um the most famous aspect of it to these days if you've never seen or heard of night of the hunter would be the love hate uh put on somebody's hands um that has carried on into various aspects of pop culture um in martin scorsese's cape fear um they had which um robert de niro was playing a character that was played by uh robert mitchum as well he has love and hate on his hands so it's a reference back to night of the hunter when the simpsons did their sideshow bob cape fear they did a love and hate but spelled it differently so it would fit on three fingers and then uh the other big one is uh do the right thing uh one of the characters in do the right thing has um like was it like uh brass knuckles or some kind of jewelry or something that has love and hate across and it's been used in other things, but that's uh, that's where it comes from, is that 1950s film. We can talk about that and other aspects, but uh, that is a great film and one of my favorites. So, uh, yeah, tune into that one. Lastly, yeah, we are on Facebook uh, at Uncanny Cinema. We are on the remnants of Twitter, whatever the fuck it is now, X, whatever it gets changed to in the next three weeks. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> Also, you know, find us at Uncanny Cinema on that. And then I've also created a Blue Sky account because, uh, you know, I, I would prefer to be on something that is is not Twitter these days. So uh, you can find us on Blue Sky at Uncanny Cinema as well. So uh, track us down. But yeah, join us for Night of the Hunter coming up next.